quick heads up for listeners, this episode covers the issue of online child abuse. Back in January, Reset made an episode about child predators using online gaming and chat websites. And at the end of that episode, we did a call out to listeners, which is how we got to hear from Awesome. If we don't tackle this issue quick enough, I think it would cast a long shadow on the gaming community as complacent in this sort of behavior. Awesome Khaled is a blogger who lives in a small town in northern Algeria. He's also a gamer, and he says he's witnessed a lot of questionable behavior on multiplayer online games and chat platforms like Discord. We were in a Discord server noticing the two people who were involved, so the Predator and the Prey. Um, they were interacting very weirdly and very sexually on Discord. And in that case, it was the adult just unconventionally sort of inappropriate towards someone else and the other person not quite understanding what that meant. We did our fair share of work to sort of investigate what was happening. And, you know, this is definitely a child. And um, all of us in, in, in the server, we, you know, we did not want to express it explicitly. We sort of like dealt in it in private and eventually just sort of kicked out the predatory person in question. But we were all pretty disturbed, to say the least. It awakened me to the reality that it happens on a larger scale. You know, if this person exists, um, there's probably a whole lot more of them out there. It filled me with disgust. It hits pretty close to home, especially for me, because my younger brother, he's about 14 years old now. You know, he plays video games, too, and he's on Discord, too. It makes me worry for my own brother, but it makes me worried for all the young people who are playing video games. I think the issue of uh, online child predation should be fixed, uh, first and foremost, on legislature. And second, it should be also addressed by game companies. And not just game companies, but also like chat platforms like Discord, accountable for this sort of behavior. And maybe you have to do away with the pretense of a little bit of privacy to ensure that everybody's safe. What Awesome is proposing, to have laws to protect children and to force gaming companies to step in and fix this, that's essentially what's being proposed in the U.S. right now. But the consequences of those particular initiatives could be far more wide-reaching than you might think. Today on the show, two new bills have been proposed in the U.S. this year to deal with the issue of online child predation. We take a look at what these bills could mean for children and for online privacy and civil liberties. I'm Ariel Zimros. This is Reset. Addie Robertson, senior reporter for The Verge, catch me up on the two bills that were introduced this year to address the issue of child predation online. I know the first one was introduced in the Senate in March. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, so this is the first bill. It's probably the better known one. It's called the EARNED Act, which stands for Eliminating Abusive and Rampant Neglect of Interactive Technologies. And this bill basically tries to tackle child sexual abuse by going after the companies whose platforms it's happening on. Its premise is sort of that companies don't have enough of an incentive to do things that would prevent children from either having sexual abuse material of them spread or from being targeted. Um, and so it just strips a legal protection, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. It adds a carve out 
that makes these companies much more vulnerable to lawsuits and state law enforcement around child sexual abuse unless they meet either a sort of nebulously defined reasonable standard or the guidelines of a team that's going to be assembled that's going to include the attorney general and head of Homeland Security. In the Earn It Act, who's responsible for stopping online child abuse? Who has to take action? This is about tech companies. It's about websites, theoretically about apps, sort of about games. It's anyone who operates a, quote, interactive computer service online. They would under it just face this huge new punishment unless they meet a set of standards that sort of don't really exist yet. So this is the first act that has gone really directly at stripping away legal protections if companies don't take specific actions to specifically fight online child abuse. Okay, and that's where the name comes from, right? That's why it's called Earn It? Right. The idea is that Section 230 protections would be conditional on meeting these standards, so they would have to earn protections. And this is a thing that people have been talking about for a long time with regards to Section 230. We just did an episode about President Trump trying to alter Section 230. So in a way, this bill is part of a much larger fight. Section 230 sort of ironically was created so that sites would be able to curate things on their service and know what was going on in their service without becoming liable for everything that was posted on it. So if you libel somebody on a Yelp review, uh, then you can be held liable for libel, but Yelp will not get sued over it. And this is a really huge issue for any company that operates either at a massive scale like Facebook or Google, or really anything that uses user-generated content. So newspaper sites actually have used Section 230 to protect themselves when somebody says something that's not true in their comments. In essence, the Earn It Act is the idea that you could actually be held liable for some of these things if you don't take steps towards making sure that children are safe when they use your platform, right? That you could lose those protections. Right. If you don't show efforts to protect children, then you could be held liable for cases where you don't protect children, basically. So let's talk about this. How was the Earn It Act received when it was initially proposed earlier this year? So it's supported by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and obviously by a decent number of people in Congress. There's also a very vocal opposition to it that's come largely from civil liberties groups, specifically because it opens the door to some pretty troubling things. Okay. Can you tell me about those troubling things? The unspoken premise of this bill is companies could push a button and stop child abuse, but they're choosing not to because there's no legal incentive. And it's not really clear that that's true. So the issue with this rule is that it doesn't actually say what you're going to need to do to earn your protections. It says there's going to be this committee. It's going to include very high level law enforcement, and they're going to say what companies need to do. And one of the things that the Justice Department, for example, has really been fighting for years is encryption. That there's a really strong expectation that if this passes, then whatever best practices are created, they're going to include building a backdoor into any kind of encryption, or they're going to somehow erode the ability to communicate privately on the internet. The 
Very, very broad scale scenario is if this committee says, look, in order to get these protections, you're going to have to scan everything on your platform and you have to be able to access everything on your platform, then that pretty much precludes creating any services that are truly private. Can you explain that bit about the privacy part of this? I hear a lot of people talk about encryption when it comes to the Earnit Act. Why does this bill threaten privacy and people's ability to use encrypted chats? So there's sort of a disconnect because the people who are sponsoring the bill have made a really big deal out of the fact that it doesn't mention encryption and that this is just a general purpose thing that's supposed to stop child abuse. The problem is that it grants a lot of authority to the Justice Department, which has made fighting encryption one of its key issues for years, arguing that there's the phenomenon of sites, quote, going dark because you won't be able to find criminals if people are communicating in ways that they can't get access to. And right now, this has been a fight, say, with Facebook saying that it wants to expand end-to-end encryption through its services. The Justice Department has been asking it to stop doing that. And so if there is a chance to get a legal authority that would actually let them stop that, then it's extremely likely that that's something they would take advantage of. Okay, so it sounds like what you're saying is that this bill is vague and that it gives the Justice Department a lot of latitude to follow its own agenda. Uh, What's the current status of the Earnit bill? Has it been voted on? It's still waiting for a Senate vote, and it was right at the start of the pandemic, so it has not been the highest legislative priority. So there is also a second bill, right? Can you tell me, Addie, what is it, and can you walk me through this one as well? Right. So this is the Invest in Child Safety Act, which was introduced early May and is being sponsored in the Senate by Ron Wyden of Oregon and in the House by Anna Eshoo of California. It sort of tackles the problem of child exploitation from the opposite end. Its premise is that law enforcement has the tools to find child abuse, but they just don't have the resources to actually implement them fully or to enforce all of the cases. And so it provides a total of $5 billion over 10 years that's going to be distributed across law enforcement groups that fight child abuse online. The Justice Department gets basically $100 million to quadruple the agents and the prosecutors on its child exploitation teams. Uh, State law enforcement programs get $60 million. Uh, NICMIC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, gets $15 million to add more engineers and analysts. And then there's more grants for children's advocacy centers and then a little bit more money for, say, street outreach programs and things that help make children less vulnerable. All right. So this is very much a different approach. This is not about tech companies. This is about giving resources to law enforcement and advocacy groups who provide resources to parents and families and whatnot. Yeah, it's not anything that is as much of a sea change as the Earn It Act. The main criticism of it that I have seen is basically you don't want to just throw more resources at police, that that potentially sending law enforcement to solve a problem like child abuse after it's already happened isn't the best way to deal with this. So they've criticized it for not providing more money to community groups or places that can help add support networks or prevent the problems from occurring in the first place. So what are people saying about the second bill? Do people think it's an alternative to the Earned Act, maybe a better one? So the bill isn't really incompatible with the Earned Act. So a lot of the discussion around it has not been 
necessarily that this is an opposition bill, even though in a lot of ways it is. So there hasn't been a lot of really backlash to it. As far as I know, tech companies have not been really particularly vocal about the Invest in Child Safety Act because in a lot of ways it doesn't necessarily touch them. Okay. Do you think that that's enough? You know, if we're serious about stopping child abuse online or reducing the likelihood that it will happen, should more responsibility be put on gaming companies and tech companies to monitor what's going on on their own platforms as opposed to saying, hey, law enforcement, here's some more cash to try and and address this? I think the problem is that I'm not totally sure I see a great solution that they could put in. Like, I'm not totally sure that punishing companies that don't do something is helpful if we're not actually sure that the companies can do something. I'm not totally sure that, say, companies like Facebook can moderate their way out of this, for example. Like, there are a lot of cases where, say, Facebook and YouTube have had massive incentives to fight abuse on their platforms. They have thrown huge amounts of money at it. They've thrown human moderators. They've thrown AIs at it. They've done really a large number of things that are the best ways we know of to deal with problems, and they haven't solved them. So it just nothing in this bill really has convinced me that there is some kind of step that these companies aren't taking that wouldn't just fundamentally transform them in a way that no one is really discussing. How likely is it that one of these bills might pass or or that both might pass? Because as you said, they don't actually seem to contradict each other. The Earn It Act, it seems like it could pretty easily pass because it's something that's very difficult to oppose. And right now, if, as Congress has pretty successfully done, you can just claim it's Facebook and Google who don't want to be policed and everyone hates these companies. So there's not a great defense to it. So that seems like it could pass. Wyden's bill also, it seems like the issue isn't necessarily that it wouldn't pass, but that it would get whittled down. So it seems like the big question is whether it would actually end up with the level of funding that they're asking for right now. Addie, I don't know how you're going to react to this question, but do you think that this is a problem that's solvable? I don't know. It's it's really difficult because I think that there are kind of two opposing ways you could approach this, and both of them have huge trade-offs and huge problems. The first is to say that you need to have this central authority that can watch everything and stop anything bad that happens. That is kind of the approach that the Earn It Act takes, where, look, Facebook and Amazon should be able to see everything you do online and they should be able to stop you. And for the reasons I just said, I'm not convinced that there's any moderation system on Earth that can deal with something at that level of scale effectively and without causing huge unintended consequences and just really bizarre cases where people have huge amounts of content taken down for reasons they don't understand and can't fix. Addie Robertson is a senior reporter at The Verge. Okay, so the Earn It Act is a really nebulous bill that could have huge implications beyond the issue of child safety online. So what exactly is at risk for the internet? That's after the break. This is Reset. The 
the Earned Act uh, represents probably the largest and most un unprecedented uh, intervention by the government in the inner workings of every major online service um, from website to social media company to file sharing site that has ever been envisioned. Aaron Mackey is an attorney with the Electronic Frontier Foundation who focuses on free speech and privacy. I asked Aaron to explain what kinds of unintended consequences we might see from the Earned Act. The bill, as written, provides several examples that um, really would go towards uh, requiring services to make specific choices about how they host content, uh, whether they review or screen content before you publish it. So if you think about it right now, uh, let's say you post on Twitter, Twitter doesn't actually actively scan and review anything that you put up prior to posting it. Uh, what Earnedac proposes is not just that the whole design choices of, of how you host user content might have to change, but also that as a result, it's likely that Twitter or any other service that hosts third-party uh, user-generated content would have to actively screen all of that material before it even makes its way onto the platform. It sounds like this goes far beyond online gaming and messaging websites that have to do with online gaming. It sounds like this this could potentially impact everything on the internet. Yeah, I mean I mean the the definitions that are contained in the Earned Act would reach basically any online service that hosts or um, provides a service to a third party. That covers basically every sort of online service from our social media, our email, the website hosts that we use to publish our own blogs, storage uh, websites that we use for our, our music, our, our family photos, uh, all those. Uh, they're all impacted by uh, Earn It and would require all of them to either uh, engineer and re-engineer their websites and their services to comply with these best practices or face crippling penalties from the loss of Section 230 immunity. Do you think that legislators are aware of how far-reaching this bill could potentially be? You know, because this started out as, I believe, an act to protect children from abuse online, right? Or, or am I wrong? Is this actually about something else? So I think uh, a couple of things. I think that folks were aware about the implications of this bill. Uh, I think, you know, EFF and, and lots of others who are concerned about what they're trying to do here have, have made them aware. But, I mean, to be clear, uh, the effort to try to eradicate the creation, distribution, and exploitation of children uh, via this imagery online is a big problem. But uh, everything that we've seen has shown that, you know, right now the, the way that the law works is that when a service provider has knowledge of uh, this type of material, they report it. And then that report is given to law enforcement. And so, uh, you know, it seems as though that there's a gap in that end and not so much the ability or the, um, the lack of, of trying by these uh, websites to, to try to actually find that. And I think what, what they want to do, um, what the authors intended to do, was to require these platforms to do a lot more. And so we've talked a little bit about how that would intrude on the First Amendment concerns and, and these uh, the sort of editorial freedoms that these websites and services enjoy. But I think also not a lot of credit or, or thought has been given to what this might look like from a Fourth Amendment perspective. Right. So the Fourth Amendment being the right to privacy that protects people from unreasonable searches and seizures by the government. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, right now, all of these websites that find this and report it do so in compliance with the law or they do anything more that's voluntary. And to the extent that they're being directed to do so by law enforcement or by a, a law passed by Congress, that raises big concerns about whether or not they have become agents under the Fourth Amendment. That is that basically they're acting on behalf of law enforcement. It's state action. And so therefore, then you, you run into concerns about their intercepting of communications, they're reading people's content, um, looking at photos, all those sorts of things, raise Fourth Amendment questions about whether they had a warrant supported by probable cause. You mentioned that the issue might actually be a gap between sort of the law enforcement side of things. And that makes me wonder, how do you feel about the second bill that's been introduced, the Invest in Child Safety Act? Is that a better solution than earn it? Its approach is better in that I think what it's grounded in is is sort of the existing evidence that we have right now in terms of where the gaps are. So it certainly it, it approaches it from a different perspective that seems to be aimed at looking at what's actually happening. So in that respect, it's better. There are concerns about sort of the methods and means by which law enforcement um, sort of actively engages in in trying to find. Um, the distributors of this that raise uh, sort of other privacy concerns for the larger public. But um, in terms of its impact, at least, uh, this, the second bill does seem to try to focus on the resources as opposed to sort of re-envisioning how every online service um, works. I am curious, though, do you think that these tech companies are doing enough right now? Well, I think that they have the resources to find this material, but I'm not sure that the, the current reporting actually shows that the platforms themselves aren't doing enough. Some of the implications of the reporting is like all of this stuff is hosted on a, on a web server, on a third-party service. Those services are used by all of us to upload our, our private sensitive photos of our family and our friends and our loved ones. And is that the balance that we're willing to strike, which is that all of our materials, all of that sort of private information will be scanned and cataloged and potentially be, you know, readily at the hands of law enforcement um, in the balance of trying to also prevent the exploitation of children? And I think it's a tricky question, but I don't think that Earn It Act is is the answer. And I don't think just sort of saying they have to do more and, and more affirmatively sort of go after these people without recognizing the consequences for all Internet users is really the, the useful starting point. The unintended consequences of the Earn It Act make me nervous for sure. But is it possible that no matter what, to keep children safe, we will all need to make fundamental sacrifices to stop online child predation. No, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think that every individual fundamentally needs to, uh, you know, give up their rights to, to privacy um, and their ability to engage in secure encrypted communications. And I don't think platforms have to really give up their own independent editorial choices about how they design their services and what services they offer to the public. I think that the government can develop the resources and tools to, you know, go after target the networks who are sharing and creating this exploitive material. And they can do so in a way that respects everyone's privacy and doesn't have to sacrifice all of our privacy as well as sort of rewrite and re-engineer the entire Internet to pursue these individuals and the material that they share online. 
Aaron Mackey is a staff attorney for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Ariel Zimros, and this is Reset. We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ADRS. You can also get in touch with the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We'll be back on Thursday. Later, nerds. 